Welcome to Small Business Minutes. We will learn to survive, adapt, and thrive. Hello, everyone. I'm Fran Molinari, and I'm the host of Small Business Minutes. Welcome to another episode. Uh, we're working through our series called the Small Business Survival Strategies. Uh, I realize now that the last time we recorded a podcast was in September of 2020. I can just tell you between then and now, it's been crazy for us as a firm. And that probably explains why we just didn't get to another podcast. But there is some new information we wanted to share with you, um, specifically regarding refundable tax credits for small businesses. And with me today is Rachel Longacre. She's a partner in Molinari Oswald, and she'll be going through uh, the details of the credit um, and who qualifies and how to get it and, and all of those things. So welcome, Rachel. Thanks, Fran. So like Fran said, we're going to talk about the employee retention credits um, as one of those uh, credit, credits that are available for employers that were affected by COVID-19. So the employee retention credit uh, came around in 2020. The rules in 2020 were that if your business was affected by COVID-19, either through a government mandate that it was suspended or partially suspended through government order, or you had a decline in gross receipts by more than 50% in any given quarter, you could qualify for these credits. So these credits were available for 50% of wages and qualified healthcare costs paid to your employees. There was a cap of $10,000. So essentially, if you hit that cap, you could receive a $5,000 credit for each employee for the year 2020. And what, uh, what are the the um, number of employees uh, requirements for that in 2020? Yeah, so the, the requirements for small employers versus large employers are a little bit different. So provided you had 100 employees or less, you could, um, it was all of the wages up to $10,000 paid to those employees. If you had more than 100 employees, um, you had to be paying those employees not to be working. Um, so that was the difference in in the full time equivalents. Got it. Okay, and um, just briefly, uh, what are the changes for twenty twenty one? So the changes for twenty twenty one are quite significant. Um, the The value of the credit has increased dramatically. So um, as we mentioned before, the credit was fifty percent of wages up to ten thousand. The credit for 2021 is now 70% of wages up to $10,000 per quarter. So the qualifications remain relatively similar. Um, you know, if you're suspended or partially suspended by government order, you could qualify in any given uh, quarter there. Or if your receipts dropped by more than 20%, so that is a change right there as well. So if your gross receipts dropped by more than 20%, over the same quarter, when looking back towards 2019, you would qualify. So 70% of wages up to $10,000, that's $7,000 potentially for each quarter. So you could, if you qualified all year long, 
that's $28,000 that you could potentially receive per employee. So that's quite a significant change as far as dollar value is concerned. And also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the number of employees increases for that part of for 2021 as well, correct? That's correct. So the full-time equivalent uh, requirement has also increased to 500 full-time equivalents in 2021. Wow, that's a significant change. Uh, so what about, so uh, the receipt comparison for 2020 is 2020 versus 2019, same quarter. The receipt comparison for 2021 uh, initially is the same quarter in 2019 and 2021. That, that's know, correct. But I know that, uh, we've discussed that there are alternative methods as well, which I don't want to make this too confusing for the listeners, but just to know that there might be a different alternative that you might qualify under that you wouldn't ordinarily qualify under the the normal or former rules. Right. So, so the original comparison, what you're looking at for um, let's let's go back to 2020, right? So if you qualified in the second quarter of 2020, you would be looking at two Q20 receipts compared to your second quarter of 2019. We're always looking back to the year 2019. Then if we're if we're in 2021, we'll be looking at say first quarter of 2021 compared to the first quarter of 2019. That's the original method that you can use to qualify. There is, as Fran mentioned, an alternative method, which to qualify for the first quarter, you would be allowed to look at fourth quarter of 20, which is the previous quarter to where you're trying to qualify. So fourth quarter of 20 compared to the fourth quarter of 2019. If the receipts drop there was more than 20%, you would then qualify under the alternative method for the first quarter of 2021. Okay. And if, if you got lost there, it's okay. Um, these are, um, you know, these are rules that are keep changing, honestly. Um, part of what we lived through, uh, the tail end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 was all of these changes in the rules. If you've listened to prior podcasts regarding the PPP program, you know that those rules changed, uh, as well over time. And so, uh, we're, we're dealing with the same thing here. So just keep in mind that there is an alternative calculation that you may qualify for that might get you some of those refundable credits. So walk me through, uh, first for 2020, walk me through how you go about getting those credits back. Sure. So so once you have calculated um, the credit that you're entitled to, again, the 50% of wages up to $10,000 um, to... To get that credit, you would need to apply for it on your Form 941. Um, so depending on what quarter you qualified, that's what Form 941 you would need to now amend because those original forms have already been filed. So you would now file an amended 941 to, to um, request the refundable credit. Um, if those forms are being amended, um, they do have to be mailed, unfortunately, at this point. Um, and there is a significant delay with the IRS being backlogged with processing these items. Um, so there has been, you know, quite a delay. We filed our first amended 941 back in March, 
Um, and I would say it's been about four months now and our clients still have not yet received the refunds associated with those amended 941s. So it is taking some time for the IRS to process those. A quicker way to get these credits would be to, um, if you know that you qualify in a quarter, to apply for them directly on the Form 941 before it's filed. Um, Those refunds have been coming back anywhere between 30 and 60 days from filing those original 941 forms. Get clarity. Clarity is Molinari Oswald's small and medium-sized business, all-inclusive services platform. Business is our business. We want to help you be successful. If the pandemic made anything more clear, it was that businesses had to have up-to-date, accurate information. Those that did were able to make quick decisions, whether that was applying for PPP funds or determining they qualified for other grants and credits. First and foremost, we feel the best way we can help you be successful is to be your bookkeeper. That will ensure records are up-to-date, reconciled, and accurate. Next, we will be your tax compliance department. Payroll, sales, income, and other taxes will be filed timely and accurately. Lastly, we will be your business coach. We will meet with you on a frequency you decide to discuss any and all business questions. We will dissect your financial data and make suggestions. No surprises when it comes to income taxes. We will prepare projections and plan, so April 15th is just another day. All of this is included in one monthly fee, one bill, no surprises. If you're interested, fill out a contact form on our website or call our office at 610-871-6700 and someone will get back to you as soon as possible. We personally as a firm filed hundreds of those forms for clients. And as far as we know, not one client yet has gotten any of that money refunded. And there's some of the amounts were significant. Um, For 2021, Rachel is referring to, you know, the second quarter is already passed. And if you use a payroll service, they're more than likely filed your 941 for the second quarter. So this would be something that you would want to get in touch with your payroll service before they actually file your 941 electronically, because original 941s are filed electronically. And if the credit application uh, amount is on that original form, reducing the overall liability, those refunds have been coming back, as Rachel stated, between 30 and 60 days. Uh, You know, for the 2020 refunds, they're not timely. They're not coming back. I know the reason for all this is to help employers keep their employees retained, this becomes a challenge and very difficult at this point because of that. Also keep in mind, Rachel, can you just explain that there is an interplay between PPP funds, if they were received, and the employee retention credit? That's really important for someone to know. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, going back to 2020, the original rule was that if you received a PPP loan, you could not qualify for employee retention credits. Um, The act that was passed uh, at the end of 2020, um, very tail end of December, allowed retroactively for you to participate in both programs, provided you did not use the same payroll dollar 
um, to satisfy both credits or both programs. So um, what, what you would need to look at if you did receive a PPP loan is that you're using the payroll that you need to qualify for full forgiveness under the PPP loan. And then whatever is left over, you can then use that under the employee retention credit. Um, so, you know, there are some strategies to, to doing that. Um, you know, originally PPP loan applications were saying, you know, to the easiest way to get forgiveness, just use all payroll, use your payroll reports, and that's the easiest way to apply for forgiveness. However, by using all of your payroll then under the PPP forgiveness, you're foregoing some of those employee retention credits because now you've used those payroll dollars under the PPP program. So if you use the you know, minimum payroll possible, so at least 60% you need to use for the PPP loan, um, all of the rest you can reserve for the employee retention credits. Yeah, that's an important distinction. And again, that rule did not change until the end of December. So we were scrambling to inform clients. Prior to that, we were informing clients not to apply for forgiveness because the rules kept changing. Either the form got simpler or or forgiveness was going to be was going to be automatic on lower loan amounts or uh, the percentage was changing from 75 to 60. Uh, the forgiveness period was, or the covered period was changing from eight weeks to 24 weeks. All these changes were occurring at the same time. By most accounts, anyone that got PPP1 money is probably at the point where they need to apply for forgiveness at this point uh, because the, the time period has run and they must do so. We, we built a tool internally to optimize the credit and PPP funds so that a client would get the optimal credits and still getting full forgiveness on the PPP loan. That was for PPP1. In this case, for the credits for 2021, if anyone received a second draw, a PPP2 loan, the same interplay between the credits and the loan forgiveness occurs for that as well. So you can't use the same dollar for both, essentially. Um, it is a little bit more simplified uh, in the sense that uh, this applies per quarter and not for the whole year. But if you haven't applied for credits for 2020 and you believe you might qualify and you're not a client of ours and haven't pursued this, we certainly can help you reach out to us either by phone or by a contact form on our website and someone will get back to you right away. Um, we, we formed internally what we call the PPP task force, uh, where we met weekly to discuss the changing in the rule, changes of the rules, developing this tool, and then rolling it out to all our clients, uh, as quickly as we could. So. Um, we can do the same for uh, the 2021 credits as well. Uh, if you need assistance, we can certainly do that. So, Rachel, now that we know about the credits and the changes between 20 and 20, uh, 2020 and 2021 and how to get the credits, 
What's, is there a unique tax or accounting treatment for these that people need to just be paying attention to before they kind of spend all that money uh, uh, when, they, when they get it, of course? But. Yeah, so one of the things to keep in mind with the employee retention credits is that it does reduce the deductible salaries and wages that you report on your tax return. So if you had say $100,000 of of salary deduction for your return, you received a $20,000 credit. Now you only have an $80,000 expense on your return. So essentially, another way to say it is these credits are taxable income to you. Um, So that's just one thing to keep in mind. Uh, You know, reserve some of of some funds to, to pay the increase in tax that you will have associated with some of these credits coming to you. Yeah, presumably the business is profitable. Uh, if, if it isn't, it, at the bare minimum, these credits, these refundable credits will reduce the loss. So it is important to be prepared for those things if, depending on what your expectations were regarding, uh, the, the business income or expenses. Um, if you're keeping your accounting up to date, then you kind of, you will have a sense of what that looks like for yourself. Um, And I think that is a key right there too, Fran, like keeping your accounting up to date and knowing where you're at, because now that, um, you know, businesses are opening up more now to qualify under the suspension rules is not quite as, as prevalent as it was in 2020. So most clients will be qualifying under the gross receipts rule. So by keeping your accounting up to date, um, you will know sooner rather than later, which quarters you will qualify in, and then you'll be able to apply for these credits sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's a great point. And one thing to keep in mind is if you use an outside payroll service, they don't know your accounting, so they can't possibly tell you whether you qualify for the credits or not. So just beware. I know I've received emails from uh, payroll processing companies saying we're promoting these refundable credits but they don't have the data to help you to know that you qualify. And trust me, two years from now, when you get a notice from the IRS that says, prove to us that you qualified for these credits and they will go out. They definitely will because the amount of credits being refunded to small businesses is incredible. So they will follow up. They will ask those questions. I'm not sure how they're going to, what data they will accept um, for just, what we have done internally for clients that we've done the work for is we've created a complete work paper file that details all of the receipts, all of their payroll, how the PPP money was applied, um, how the payroll was applied to PPP money and how the payroll was applied to the refundable credits. So two years from now, when asked, we just provide all that data to the IRS and that'll be the end of it. So be aware that more than likely you will be asked or someone will be asked to provide proof that they qualified for this. Um, so uh, that's really important. Um, anything else you want to share, Rachel, to just uh, for anyone that, regarding these credits? Um, I think that pretty much covers, you know, summarizes everything. If you have additional questions, feel free to reach out to your CPA contact. Um, or if you're not a client of ours already, like Fran mentioned, you can visit our website and get in contact with us to, you know, review some of these qualifications and how it interplays with a PPP loan you may have received. Right. So again, 
I know that this this is a lot of information. It could seem confusing. It is somewhat complicated, but we felt like we needed to share this information uh, with you so that you at least have some information to be able to make those decisions and in a timely way. So, uh, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the episode, and uh, I'll put all the any key information in the episode notes, uh, Rachel's contact information, as well as if there's any websites or basic information we can send you to, to help you um, further understand these credits and how they might apply to you. Again, you certainly can reach out to us and we will do our best to respond timely and answer any questions. And that's, it doesn't matter if you're a client or not, we want to help small business uh, get these credits because they may be your lifeline to the to your survival so thank you so much and um, we appreciate you listening remember we all start small this podcast is sponsored by the accounting firm of Molinari Oswald located in Center Valley PA serving small businesses globally if you love this podcast please subscribe and tell a friend thank you